here we are almost $10,000 later, nine months into this. And my husband looks at me and he's like, um, we don't think you're better. Like, this is not, this isn't working. Like, do you really think that this is working for you? I'm like, no, it's not. So I'm sitting on the phone at my son's baseball game in, at the back of the bleachers with the naturopath saying, listen, I think you're awesome. I think what you do is great, but I'm not getting any better. So I basically had to very gently fire her because I was not better. I was not visibly seeing changes. And I was, I honestly felt like I was still getting worse because it wasn't found what, what I had going on wasn't found. It wasn't until I went to muscle testing school where they said, Sarah, have you ever been tested for Lyme? And I'm like, no, no. And they're like, well, not only is there Lyme in your system, but your uterus and your uh, reproductive organs are full of heavy metals and chemicals. We believe in growth and continuous learning. We believe in educating and sharing knowledge. We believe the body is miraculous and is able to heal with the proper nutrition and support. And we believe the right mindset is key to your success. I'm Amanda Golightly. And I'm Kate McDowell. And this is Limitless Health. Live well, naturally. Welcome to the show. We're very excited to have Sarah Outlaw with us today and kind of see where things go. We're very organic as far as how the show progresses. We've got so many areas that we can kind of discuss today. I think the biggest one we want to talk to you about is your background with Lyme and your experience with that, and then kind of see where things go, because there's so many things I think we can cover today. So if you don't mind getting us started with your journey with Lyme. Yeah, sure. Thank you, Kate and Amanda, for having me today. So my journey with Lyme started a very long time ago. I am currently 45. And when I was seven, I was bitten by a tick. And we lived in New Jersey in what they call the Pine Barrens, the Pine Lands. And ticks, deer ticks especially, were very prevalent. So it wasn't an uncommon thing to have tick checks every single day because ticks were all over us all the time. Well, one particular day, I woke up in the morning and had a tick stuck on my stomach. Uh, and I ran into the bathroom where my parents were, my parents' room, and they pulled the tick out. But I passed out because I jumped up out of bed so fast and freaked out about the tick that it actually made me pass out the only time I ever passed out in my life. So my parents, you know, watched it, it didn't get a bullseye or anything. So everything seemed fine. And I started to have some digestive issues after that. And we are Italian. So my family every week would have spaghetti dinner every Sunday. And every Sunday, I would remember that I would feel the sickest on that day of the week. So we would, my dad was a pastor. So we would have oatmeal in the morning. Ugh, and we would then have big spaghetti dinner after church when we go to my grandmother's or whatever. And I would have to go lay down because my stomach would hurt so bad. Then I went away to college. I graduated from high school early. So I was in college by, I just turned 17. And so in college, if you've ever been to the cafeteria, they have those lovely metal vats of milk that isn't really milk, right? It's like powdered, non-fat, disgusting, fake milk. Well, I didn't know anything about food, anything back then. So my stomach took, went from just really feeling icky on Sundays to feeling icky all of the time to the point where I wasn't going to the bathroom. I had gas so bad, stomach pain so bad, bloating was starting to gain weight. It seemed like, you know, maybe it was the freshman 15, but I think it was more than that. So I really just didn't feel well. And mm -hmm. I just felt sluggish. My skin was horrible, like horrible acne, probably from age 17. It started at 17. I didn't really get acne 
earlier in my teens, it was like 17 and on was the acne and went, uh, ended up getting married earlier than I wanted to only because my husband, while well, my husband to be at that time was going to be in, go in the military and he had the opportunity to go to Germany and I wasn't going to pass that up. So I was 19 going on 20, almost finished at this point. Cause remember I went to college early and I accelerated myself. So I was in my senior year of college at 19 and decided that I was going to get married and go to Germany with my husband who's in the army. So I did that. When we got there, I had the opportunity to work at a veterinary treatment facility as a vet assistant and clinic uh, assistant manager and then the manager. But to do that, to work on base, you were required to get some injections, vaccines. So I did because I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. And immediately after that, my health just went boom, like 180 crashed out, didn't know what was going on headaches all the time, horrible digestive issues, major fatigue, just feeling like something was really, really wrong. So I went mm -hmm. to my on-base doctor, walked into his office. I was 20, I guess at this time to almost 21. Mm -hmm. And I said, there's something going on. I don't know what it is. I'm rapidly gaining weight. I'm stuttering. I am tired all the time, no matter how much I sleep. I just feel horrible. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me, wrote down my symptoms and said, Sarah, you're just depressed. So here's a prescription for an antidepressant and you'll be fine. And I looked at him and I was like, are, are you joking right now? I am not depressed. I'm literally living my dream life. I always wanted to be a veterinarian when I was a kid. So I, here I am, I get to be a vet assistant and manage this clinic and I get to travel and I'm married and newlywed and all in my own apartment, like at 19, 20 years old, like who does that? Right. Yeah. And I looked at him and I was like, this is insane. And I didn't even take the prescription paper from him. I literally got up and walked out of his office because even at not even 21 years old, I knew enough that that wasn't the answer for me. So that was kind of where it stopped because I didn't know what else to do. The mm -hmm. internet barely existed back then. So you really couldn't look anything up. It was, you know, not even the year 2000. So I wasn't sure what to do. So fast forward a couple of years and we were still in Germany and I ended up getting pregnant with my first daughter. She is going to be 23 this year. And I didn't know anything about babies or anything, but I felt really good. All of a sudden I got pregnant and other than being nauseous and throwy all the time for morning sickness, it seemed like my health was improving. And I learned later that when you're pregnant, sometimes your body goes into protective mama mode, right? And to protect yeah. the baby, you don't feel bad anymore. So I felt really good. I'm like, okay, well, I guess whatever was going on isn't going on anymore and I'm fine. So I had her and we went back to the States and I didn't know that what I had done, the injections I received and getting pregnant with her shortly after were going to affect her as well until later. Any questions so far? <laughs> There's, I mean, you shared a lot, which is really awesome. Yeah. Um, and we can unpack that for sure. Like even going back to the seven-year-old and being bitten by a tick and, and how like nothing was really done about that. Right. Right. And mm -hmm. bullseye. so no bullseye means no line, right? No, it didn't mean that. Now, you know, back then it was like, if there wasn't a bullseye, you were safe. Yeah. And now we know you can get it from mosquitoes. And all right. kinds of other places, right? It doesn't have to be a tick bite, but it's like just 
it's so interesting to hear the sequence of things that have happened and how it led you to the point where you're like, if you hadn't got to that, where the doctor had said to you, oh, you're just depressed. Like, would you say, what was your turning point where it was like, I need to do something different? It was when we moved back to the States, I realized very quickly when we went to see the pediatrician there, transitioning from army life to civilian life is really hard because you're treated very strangely. You go from being pretty respected and a certain, certain level of camaraderie in the military, everybody knows whatever. And then you move into civilian life and you have zero money, no job, no nothing. And you're put on WIC. And you have to go to a doctor that accepts the, you know, the military insurance, which isn't very good. And they treat you like not very good citizens. They treat you kind of like subhuman almost like that. You don't know anything. So I went to the pediatrician's office and they told me that I was behind on my daughter's vaccine. She was barely five weeks old. And so they said that if I didn't give her everything to catch her up, whatever that meant, I didn't know. So I didn't know any better. They were going to call child protective services on me because she's behind. I'm like, she's not even, she's barely a month old. So I did not know any better. And I let them do it. And it was five total plus, but they were all combo combos, right? So there was multiple, probably 10, 15 different substances that she was given. Well, she reacted. Fever spiked up to like almost 105, screaming her head off call the pediatrician and say, what do I do? Oh, just give her, it's normal. It's completely fine. Just give her Tylenol, ibuprofen, alternate it. And she's going to be fine. Well, she wasn't fine. She started getting rashes on all over her body. All these things started happening and I really didn't know what to do. So I started researching and I thought that maybe something triggered a reaction to maybe our cleaning products. And so, so I start changing. I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? I'll start changing my cleaning products. I'll change our laundry stuff. I'll change the soap I use for their bath. I was scrambling around like a frantic mom. I was not even 23 at this point, trying to figure out what to do. There wasn't any information out there that I could find. Uh, around that time, I got pregnant again. This was, she was almost one, I guess, right? At this point, yeah, one. And I had a miscarriage. And that was a wake up call for me because I was thinking, well, what's going on here? Like why I had one baby and now I'm, I lost a baby. And then I got pregnant again, three, three months later with my son, my second child. Mm-hmm. And again, feel, feeling really good and had him a year or so later, another miscarriage. And every, I noticed a pattern. So I would get pregnant and then I would feel okay for a little while. And then my health would crash. And I would feel like I did when I was in mm-hmm. Germany again, I would have that old, those old feelings. So I did this multiple times. So I have four biological children and we have one adopted daughter. So I, I have been pregnant a total of nine times. Mm-hmm. So four, four, four children of my own been pregnant nine times. So multiple miscarriages. So I would have a baby, have a miscarriage, have a baby, have a miscarriage, have a baby, have a miscarriage. And then after my fourth, I actually had three miscarriages. So couldn't figure out what was going on. I just knew that there was something, something not right. So after my third baby, we had moved to California at this time. And this is where you would think that living in Southern California, where the sun is always shining, the food is very fresh. I had another dream life where I was loving this weather. I'm a warm weather girl. I was able to start a holistic mom's network in my area, but 
again, I was kind of like the sickest, healthiest person that I knew at this point in time, I started researching and researching and researching. So food was what we were researching and changing in our house. We didn't do, um, vaccines anymore. We didn't do a lot of things. We were changing how we lived our lifestyle, home birth, all of those things. But my skin was horrible. I had cystic acne from ear to ear, tired, again, stuttering, having a really hard time. I met a muscle testing practitioner in California. Amazing. And I feel like that was the turning point. Now, this is quite a few years into my journey. This is when I was 28, 29. So here we are, like, this is like eight or nine years into my really knowing I was really sick journey. Mm -hmm. And she opened my eyes to the fact that there could be something at the root cause. It wasn't just my skin was bad. It wasn't just, I was always tired. It wasn't just, I was just having miscarriages because, well, you know, one in every two people have a miscarriage. So it's normal, right? The things that you hear all the time, you're normal. Your blood works normal. Drives me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So went on a program with her and immediately started to perk up. Like, this is great. I feel better. My skin is starting to clear up. I'm not as tired. I'm starting to lose weight. I have more energy. Well, we, as you know, because you're in natural health care, it's not a quick fix. It's not emergency room care. You have to stay on a program, supplements, nutrition for a long time, or at least a while, at least one healing cycle, which is about four months to get the results that you're meant to get because your body needs time. But we had to move. We had to go back to New Jersey. It was the market crash of 2009 where everyone was losing everything. And we had to leave because California was not the place to be at that time. So we left and back to New Jersey and there wasn't anybody there who hmm. did what practitioner did. So I was on my own again. And I had at this point gotten a health coach certification. I had begun my journey into really trying to be more proactive with my family's health. I knew that my grandmother uh, had passed away when she was 40 mm-hmm. from breast cancer. I'm five years older than that now. So I knew my family history was not that great. So I was still on my own journey and I wanted to get pregnant with, I wanted to have another baby. So we had three babies and I wanted another baby. So I was having some fertility issues. I'm like, well, this is weird because I've been obviously able to get pregnant all the time because I've had babies, miscarriages, babies, miscarriages, and I wasn't getting pregnant. Hmm. So I reached out to a herbalist who was uh, pretty well-known in my area. Didn't muscle, she wasn't a muscle tester. And she gave me some herbal remedies and things. And I was able to get pregnant. And then I took my kids to see a chiropractor. And he asked me if I would come on as a, a consultant at his office. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't know really, I mean, I was still pretty sick at that, that, that time. Fourth baby was born. I didn't really know how to do what he wanted me to do without being a muscle tester, because I knew that I wasn't going to practice hit or miss nutrition and just mm-hmm. give people standard process recommendations, which was what that office used as their mm-hmm. primary source of supplementation. I knew the company, I knew the product, but only as a consumer. Mm-hmm. So I went back to school. Signed up for my master's degree in applied clinical nutrition from New York Chiropractic College, signed up for muscle testing school and signed up for an herbal medicine ma- equivalent of master's. So three things, but keep in mind, I'm still sick. I have wow. still not been handled as far as my health. I haven't, mm-hmm. I did that month thing and then didn't know what else to do. There wasn't anybody near me. So I found the naturopathic doctor again. She didn't do, this is my issue with 
medical stuff in any shape or form is that the guessing she didn't really yeah. do any testing she put me on a bunch of things so here we are almost ten thousand dollars later nine months into this and my husband looks at me and he's like um we don't think you're better like this is not this isn't working like do you really think that this is working for you i'm like no it's not so i'm sitting on the phone at my son's baseball game in at the back of the bleachers with the snatchopath saying listen I think you're awesome. I think what you do is great, but I'm not getting any better. So I basically had to very gently fire her because I was not better. I was not visibly seeing changes. And I was, I honestly felt like I was still getting worse because it wasn't found. What, what I had going on wasn't found. It wasn't until I went to muscle testing school where they said, Sarah, have you ever been tested for Lyme? And I'm like, wow. no, no. And they're like, well, not only is there Lyme in your system, but your uterus and your uh, reproductive organs are full of heavy metals and chemicals. Wow. And I literally started crying because this was the answer. I was losing babies because everything was gravitationally pulling down into my reproductive organs. Right. Crazy. So. Yeah. So that was basically my turning point. And that was, I was 35. So I was sick for 50. I was sick for longer than that, but I was sick, sick mm -hmm. for 15 years and no one could give me any answers except taking an antidepressant. So if it wasn't for people coming into my life, you know, very, very strategically and helping me along this very long journey, mm -hmm. I would definitely not be able to do what I'm doing today because I wouldn't be able to leave my house. I don't know. I don't think I would be alive. Honestly, the way I was going at that time in my life, I don't know if my body would have survived the downward spiral spiral. So that's kind of where I'm at now. That's crazy. It's, it's such a journey you have from, there's all the learning components that you have. You went through this to learn this, and there's just so many things that brought you to where you are now to help more people. It's always the amazing yeah. story that every practitioner brings to the table. Right. What were the big emotions that kind of came with you through those processes? Because I'm sure other people out there listening right now are also kind of struggling through some emotions. And are there suggestions you have for them to deal with those? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that people think that once they have a diagnosis, and obviously muscle testing doesn't diagnose. I wasn't diagnosed with Lyme. There was Lyme mm -hmm. in my system. So but knowing that you have something going on, I feel like in mainstream life, when you get a diagnosis, a lot of times you start identifying with that diagnosis. You start saying my Lyme, my cancer, my mm -hmm. this, my that. And the big takeaway for me is that you are not your diagnosis and you are not your illness. So my, I never, ever said my anything. I never claimed it. I never claimed that as this was mm -hmm. going to be fate. It wasn't. I'm like, this is stupid. I'm not doing this. So I'm going to get better. So once I had the tools to do it, the first thing my first thought was, well, I have to help other people with this. Like it wasn't even a hesitation. So that I wasn't even better yet myself. And I was putting myself through school to make sure that I could help other people not have to do what I did or go through what I did. So mm -hmm. I think that people think that they're stuck in that diagnosis because they're told by the medical system that there is no mm -hmm. cure for this. You're always going to have this, especially with Lyme. Like, oh, you're always, it just goes dormant. You're just going to be probably sick forever. 
And that's so not true. Yeah. Awful suggestions that they're giving. This is what you're going to be. This is how life is going to be. And you don't have to accept or take on anything that they tell you. Right. We get decide to decide how we live our life, what the options are, how we want to handle it. There's just there's just way more resources and options that we have available to us than we are told. Right. Exactly. There's so many crossover and similarities between your story and my story because I've been through a lot of the same things with a doctor. A diagnosis is a fancy name for the symptoms that you carry, but there's no solution around it. And that was something also I found frustrating too, because it was like, well, this is just how things are going to be for the rest of your life. You'll probably be in a wheelchair by the time you're 30 and blah, blah, blah. And it's getting to the point where you're like, no, I am not doing that. And I love what you said too, about like, once you started to realize, okay, there are things I can do for myself and look around and see how many people are suffering. We have to help people. Right. It's that yeah. understanding that like I was given this illness. It, it It's a gift in the sense that like I, I have to act. Right. And able to be able to help people. So I think that's really cool. I mean, Sarah now has three practices, which is amazing. Yeah. Where are mm-hmm. your clinics? Iowa, New Jersey and South Carolina. Amazing. And oh, you work with people virtually as well, right? Yes. And I'm moving more into the virtual space. So that's my that's my ultimate movement towards is more virtual, less practice stuff. <laughs> nice. Amazing. When it comes to Lyme, so now that you, I'm sure you've done lots of research after your own experience with that, correct? Mm-hmm. So yes. if someone is dealing with that and feeling stuck, do you have recommendations or things that they can start to look into to help themselves as well? Other than working with you, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like they have to, even if they don't know that they have Lyme or if they have Lyme, go through, look up what the symptoms of it are. And if you resonate with those symptoms, try to find someone to work with that you can start detoxing that from because, because even just taking, even just taking their blood work, for example, if you look at a CBC with differential properly, you'll see that there is bacteria in your system. It won't be diagnosed as Lyme, but it's there. It'll show up in that. So even knowing, okay, what is the lab, what do the labs say? That's even helpful in pinpointing, okay, there's something off in my immune system. You have to go after the pathogens, but I don't recommend, I tried to do things myself and it did not work out well. So I had to find someone to help me because trying to self herbal yourself or nutrition, you're all these things. You don't really know how to get to the bottom of it. And, and Lyme is one of those things where it will hide. So mm-hmm. we know that there's something called biofilms. It's like tent city in the body where all the pathogens mm-hmm. hide behind, and have a party and nothing can get to it. Right. Yep. It's like, they have this, uh, they have a wall there and you can't get through. It's like the wall of China in your body. And so behind that wall is all of these party animals like Lyme and Epstein-Barr and cytomegalovirus and parasites and mold. And they're all hanging out and, and your body's like, well, I don't, I can't get to it. And you go in an antibiotic and it just makes it worse. They just go in further, they hide deeper. So you have to find something that's going to bust through that biofilm and actually clean it out and get your body healthy. So you have to find someone who can help you with that. And there's plenty of people out there now who can. So wherever anyone is, 
finding somebody who can do that. And then don't depend on the medical system to help you with this because they don't even acknowledge chronic Lyme. And, you know, once Lyme gets, once you're bitten, what our, our understanding is, is that it gets out of the bloodstream pretty quickly and you're not going to find it when you do a regular uh, Lyme test. You have to test differently. Vibrant America has tests. There's muscle testing. There's lots of ways to find it for real. One of the things that people don't understand is also is that the, there's something called neurolime, which is what I ended up having, which is why I had so much trouble speaking and so much trouble thinking and so much brain fog is because once it crosses that blood brain barrier, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle with cognition. You're going to struggle with being able to speak. So what the most common symptom for that is that I've seen is that you're trying to speak and what's coming out of your mouth. Isn't what you thought in your head. It's something completely different and it comes out jumbled. It comes out as a stutter. It just comes out unrecognizable as actual words. So it makes you really not want to leave your house because it's like, well, nobody's going to understand what I say. And it's so frustrating. It's almost like it's like being a, a child that can't express themselves again. It's mm-hmm. humiliating. And people think that they're completely alone with this. And I think that the biggest takeaway I had as a young mom, not feeling my best was that my cup was completely empty. And I'm sitting here trying to pour into the cups of my kids, into my community, into my family and my husband and all of these things. And I was just spent, I had nothing left. So I spent my days pretty much like a walking zombie. And it wasn't until I how to fill my cup and fix what I had going on that I was able to actually pour from a full cup and be the person I was supposed to be, because you can, you can go to the airport, you can go to the grocery store, go to the beach, go anywhere. And you can look around and you can see a bunch of empty cups walking around. Can't you? Yeah, definitely. It's sad. I remember when I first started practicing, I was uh, basically diagnosing actors on TV with thyroid issues. And so I would look at, you know, look at someone on the screen and my kids know this because it's hilarious. And I would say, oh, she's got, she has hypothyroid. She's got, you know, all this stuff. And you, cause you can start to see it. Yeah. Patterns. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So people think that they have to, they're stuck with these things and they're not, they just have to find somebody to help find someone who tests though. Don't just go to somebody who's going to just be like, um, okay, here's your symptoms. Here's this. Cause that's just like medical. That's what the medical system does. So you don't want to go to someone who's basically just a glorified medical doctor. You want to go to somebody who's going to take the time and actually dig and find the answers for you because Lyme isn't just Lyme. Lyme is a carrier of so many things. So yeah. I have dogs. I make sure that my dogs are always, always have parasites handled because parasites bring in Lyme in the body. Animal, I have horses too. Horses and dogs, they carry, they have Lyme a lot. So if you get parasites from an animal, you are very likely to get a Lyme infection and then they have lots of friends. So they have the co-infections, they have the Epstein-Barr, they have the cytomegalia, they have all of these things and then the mold. And so all of a sudden you're full of pathogens and you're, then you're really stuck. So now you're trying to climb out of this soup of, of pathogenic activity and you can't, you can't do it yourself. You got to find yeah. help. I just want to take you back for a second. Cause you were mentioning having an empty cup. What, yeah. where was the, the point where you actually were aware of that and changed your mind as far as filling your own cup. Cause as you said, there's so many people around this world right now who are not even taking any 
acknowledgement of their self-care and trying to do yeah. everything for everybody. So where was the turning point for that for you? It really was at the point where the chiropractor I was seeing at the time when he asked me to come on board with him because I realized it would be really hypocritical of me to try to help other people when I couldn't even help myself. So, and then bliss and then my rea- and then watching. So, cause I was, I was having some serious PMDD symptoms at that point. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, premenopause dysphoric disorder, I was really struggling with keeping my emotions and my stress responses in check. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I knew if I didn't fix it, I felt like I was going to go like go crazy because the the mood swings at that point, this was after, after my fourth baby were so intense that I was feeling like I couldn't function in like regular daily life, like in society, mm-hmm. because you would say something to me and I would literally want to rip your head off. That's how bad it was. Like put me, put me in a cage because the, the, the outburst, the anger coming out of my mouth at just random people when they would yeah. do something that didn't like it wasn't me, but it was becoming me. Like it was, this was like, this was who I was becoming. The person I was becoming was not the person I wanted to be. So how was that impacting your daily life? Well, yeah, I was, I was having to apologize because then you would, then you would realize what you did and you have to go back and apologize because yeah. you said really not very nice things. I remember my kids going into my kid's school and walking by my daughter's classroom. And I heard the teacher say something that I thought was rude. And I literally mm-hmm. went to the front of the desk and said, I want her fired. Like I went, I literally went off and was freaking out. I'm like, what is, wow. and I'm thinking, I took a step back. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like that was way over. My adrenals were shot, mm-hmm. right? They were not functioning on all cylinders. And so everything was this huge stress response, like the end of the world, it's the end of the world. And as a mother, you cannot be, you can't be like that because everything your kids do, then you're like, you're freaking mm-hmm. out all the time. So then you're not, it's not good for the kids either. Cause it's constant like chaos in your house, because mm-hmm. as the tone of mom goes, as the tone of the house goes, so <laughs> there's that. So just realizing that there was a problem and then acknowledging the problem and then fixing the problem. That was kind of my, my turning point. And this was 12 years. This was actually 12 years ago because my, my youngest just turned 12. Wow. I love how you like wrapped that up in the sense of realizing there's a problem. And a lot of the times Mm -hmm. I think people don't, we're so used to being like, oh, that's just my normal PMDD. Oh, that's just my normal fatigue or my normal digestive problems. And it's like, no, (laughs) that's a message from the body that there's something going on and you need to find someone who's going to help you find out what that is. And you've touched on two, that's two, the second topic, there's probably more, but that has really spoke to me this to, on this episode, just in the fact that these are things that are dismissed by Western medicine. Mm-hmm. I also had a tick bite. Actually, no, hold on. I had a bullseye on my quad mm-hmm. when I was 25, 23, I don't know, somewhere in there and never saw the tick. And I was kind of doing a thousand things at once and was like, I don't have time to deal with this. But for people to understand that you don't have to have a bullseye, you don't have to have a tick bite for this to be a potential issue for you. And I went to the doctor and got blood work done and they were like, no, there's nothing. You're fine. And you need to dig deeper. Like we know in our gut, 
often something's not right. And if you're not getting the support and the answers that you're looking for, like don't give up is kind of a big message that I try and share with people. And like, what do you see when you work with people who are dealing with Lyme? Are there, are there like three to five common symptoms that people don't even consider could be a factor? Yeah. The main thing I see is, is migrating joint pain where they have pain in their knees or their shoulders or hips or something like that. And it's actually Lyme that has migrated to those areas because of a weakened area. So I see that a lot. Um, the major fatigue in the brain fog, I see that along with it and just I guess lack of, lack of cognitive ability too that will come up. Um, I think those are the main two. And the other one is just over, just general feeling unwell, just mm-hmm. not feeling well and just feeling like a slug basically. And then, you know, and then people, what people need to understand about that is that healing isn't linear either. So you're going to have these ups and downs, even when you're doing the healing process. And there could be other things that come out of it because you start handling the Lyme in someone's body other things are going to start unraveling. And I don't handle Lyme first. I handle parasites first in my practice, because if you don't handle the parasites, the Lyme will never go away. Um, and then Lyme could come back. Like you had mentioned that it's not just a tick. And we had talked about that. Well, last year, well, the end of 20, end of 2022, I, I see animals in my practice and an, and a dog bit me in my pre- in practice right before I opened my South Carolina practice in Des Moines. And uh, it was a really bad bite. Like he, um, he tried to take off my, my hand at the wrist and, um, got infected immediately, like within not even 12 hours line running up my arm, just in kind of a wow. scary situation was quantum tested, which was muscle testing that we do, mm-hmm. uh, by Dr. Dr. Palmer and said, basically said, you hate to tell you this, but you need to get an antibiotic. And I'm like, like, are you kidding me? Like of all, I haven't had to do that for 20 years. Like I Mm -hmm. swore off them, but it was going so fast up the arm and you know, you don't want that red line to get to your heart. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And is, and, um, took it. And then this is where the healing isn't linear comes in. So this whole, all of 2023, I did not feel well. And I'm still recovering from something that that dog gave me. And it came up finally, I'm having, I enlisted a whole group of people to help me out. It came up as Lyme and I have been Lyme free for how many years now, since I was 35, 36, right. And to have it 10 years later, I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, it's, it it was gone, but it was, I've been reinfected by whatever Mm -hmm. the dog had this infection. And some of those same old symptoms started coming back. And I always tell people in practice and the lesson that I learned from this is that again, healing isn't linear. You can, you're not guaranteed to feel amazing all the time, just because you did a healing program or you did a nutrition program or a mm-hmm. herbal program or a protocol, yep. your body can get sick. You need to keep on going, keep on feeding your body, good nutrition. It's not just like, okay, I'm just going to eat this good food for three months. And then I'm going to go back to my old way of eating, or I'm just going to quit alcohol, quit all these things. And I'm just going to go back. It doesn't work that way. So my current supplement protocol is ridiculously big and I am handling. So, you know, I was getting headaches more. I had more headache days, more migraine days a month to the point where when I reached out to my practitioner team, this, uh, in the beginning of January, I said, if I don't fix this now, 
my life is going to drastically change again, where I'm going to have to cancel every speaking engagement, every trip. I'm not going to be able to leave my house again. And I said, I'm not going back there because I knew what was happening and I had to fix it. And I am. So thankfully I have an awesome group of people. You just interviewed one of them last week, Tracy Brookdahl and mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Rob Scott and uh, Jean Weber. I have a bunch of awesome muscle testing and even remote chiropractor. Do you know you can do chiropractic remote? Really? I'm getting remote adjustments and it's like blowing my mind. Cranial, cranial adjustments and a chiropractic adjustments remotely. Cool. Coolest thing ever. That's really cool. So (laughs) yeah. So it's just, it's just another lesson. And I, um, I guess I'm a slow learner because I think I keep getting these lessons thrown at me over and over again. (laughs) I have to like basically saying, Sarah, you need to go through this so you can help other people because if you don't go through it, then there's no credibility. So I guess I have to be a punching bag (laughs) for my whole life. To be able to help people properly. Crazy. But I can tell your motivation's so high because you're not letting anything stop you from doing any of the scheduled things that you have. You're speaking to helping people, anything. You're just, I'm fixing this and there's no going back. I love that. That's what I think people need to realize too, is that it's not a just one and done. Mm -hmm. It's like going for a massage. You don't go once and then it's, you're good forever. You're fine. Right. It's this constant journey of like, how do I continue to help myself stay healthy and even get healthier? Because we, our health is the only thing that we have. So if you don't have that, like for you to not be speaking, to not be helping people, to not be leaving your house, I can't even imagine that from the Sarah outlaw that I know. So yeah. And so many people just like, just deal with it and ignore it. And it's like, there's so much that you can do. And from a Western medicine perspective, we're just told that it's, you just need to manage the symptoms, but that's where quantum nutrition testing, muscle testing, it's all about finding the root cause. Cause if you don't find the leak in the, in the boat, you're just going to keep bailing it out forever. And getting healthier is like the ultimate journey that we need to focus on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it always, it's always so discouraging to hear people say, oh, I can't afford that. I can't afford it. Like, how can you, you can't not afford it mm-hmm. because I know for my grandmother, my other grandmother, not the one that died when she was 40, but my other one, she had ca- cancer for 16 years. And I just watched her just constantly go up and down, up and down mm-hmm. in treatments and non-treatments and treatments and non-treatments and remission and non-remission. And that the quality of life do you really want to live like that? Like you can't not afford, I watched my grandfather before I do what I do now. I watched my grandfather, you know, die of Alzheimer's and, you know, knowing what I know now, remembering what was in their refrigerator, my grand, my grandmother on that side, we have, there's lots of grandmothers and grandfathers. So how my family is, but just looking in their refrigerator and remembering that there was nothing healthy in there. There was all non-fat, low fat. Can't believe it's not butter, you know, nothing that would be really food like was food like substances i mean his brain starved so how can and i heard something dr kylie burton who i take a lot of training from doing a lot of blood work stuff with her she said something on a training the other day she's like you have a responsibility as a practitioner to tell people what you do if you're just sitting back and doing nothing and i'm putting my own words here too. If you're just sitting back and doing nothing and not telling people who you are, what you do, how you can help them, then you are not living up to your obligation to what you agreed to when you became a practitioner. You're just not. 
So I know I put out a lot. I'm, I'm not allowing people to silence me. I did for a while. I shut my mouth and didn't do some things and was off social media. I even put up a like black picture a couple of years ago and like went radio silent. Cause I was upset about something I'm like, you know, what? I'm not going to do that because everyone needs to know because people are like, Oh, she puts, she puts too much out there on social media. She posts too much or everyone knows what she does already. Well, no, they don't because people come into my practices and I've been in Des Moines for six years and mm-hmm. I've been in New Jersey for over 10 years and people still don't know that we're there. So there really isn't, you can't really say that you've put it out there too much because there's still people who are diagnosed with autoimmune disease every single day. There's still people out there suffering from Lyme and don't even know it. There's still moms having miscarriages over and over. There's still people suffering. There's, it's never ending. Mm-hmm. So until the day where somebody can say all that stuff has been eradicated, you have mm-hmm. to keep talking. You have to stay loud. That's why I love what you ladies are doing because you're out there putting it all out there. And and it doesn't matter how many likes and follows that we all have. It doesn't matter how many people are sharing. It's just, it's getting out there on a consistent mm-hmm. basis. Yeah. So. When we're in the right place, we hear it too, right? Yes. That was my experience with, I went the medical route when I was diagnosed with MS and I took the injections every day for seven years and filed, followed everything that my doctor said. And then all of a sudden there was like this moment where I was, the veil lifted And it was like, holy crap, I was raising money for an MS bike ride. And a friend said to me, I'll sponsor you, but they're never going to come up with a cure. You know that, right? And I was just like, "Eh, uh, knife in the heart, but it was exactly what I needed to hear. And sometimes that's what you kind of need is that reality check. And then all of a sudden your awareness shifts and you see all of the possibilities. Holistic health, there are so many practitioners, as Sarah said, that are out there that are that are looking to help and it's not that we're looking to pitch something on you or it's just that when you're ready when the teacher no when the student is ready the teacher appears i think is the quote and it's we can't stop sharing this stuff because as you said there's so many people that need help and support and so i think it's it's great that i mean i love that you have three practices that's like a goal to have more we work work with more people in person for us as well. And so I think it's awesome. And that's why we wanted to have you on the episode because your story is amazing. So thank you. So how can people get a hold of you and work with you, Sarah? You can find me at nhiccenters.com. That is my office's uh, website. So you can find me there. And then I'm doing some new, some new fun things with blood work. So that's rootcausebloodwork.com. So there's a new some new virtual programs coming out for that. So that's kind of a teach you, teach you how to read your own blood work and be your own advocate kind of a class. Very cool. Thank you for everything, everything that you shared today. I think everyone would have taken something away from this that they could learn from themselves. Is there a final message that you would like to leave to people with people? Like the point of this podcast and these episodes is to share that there are other options for people. And so what's a message that you could share related to your story that you think people would find valuable? Yeah, I think the main thing that I took away from my own journey is that you have to be your own advocate for your own health and not just succumb to whatever you're told you should be doing. If your gut tells you you should be doing something different or you've heard from anybody in your life that there is a different way then you need to pursue that because your obligation is to yourself and your own future. And sitting back and succumbing to 
being in that hamster wheel of medical care that isn't going to get you truly better is actually irresponsible on your own part. And, uh, especially since if you know better, you do better. And now you do, if you heard this podcast, now, you know, better. So now you have to act on it. So I hope you do. Perfect message to leave us with. Thank you so much for being on with us. We greatly appreciate your time and the messages that you shared. Uh, if anyone out there is listening to this and thinks it's helpful for anybody else, please share it with them. Get this message out there. It's so important to know that you can take control of your own life and your own health. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.